We're back at Skittish Club News with Juice. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better, thank you. And as you know, last week I had COVID. Yes. And to me, it's interesting to see people's reactions because, like, people ask me, why weren't you in shul? And I was like, well, I had COVID. And like, ah, please, there's no COVID. Oh, it's nonsense. <laughs> COVID's finished. And then there's other people that are like, oh, like, they'll take a step back. Like, Well, well, yeah. Well, especially after last week, after we recorded, and you're like, oh, by the way, I have COVID. And it doesn't matter because, you know, I didn't really come into contact with people. I'm like, but you came into contact with me. Yes, but I and didn't. you didn't even tell me. But I didn't know at the time. It was the next day. Okay. Somebody who I'm close with told me, why don't you test? Because I happen to have had tests in uh, in the office. I had tests. Right, we all have extra tests. Right, everyone has we extra have tests. Of tests. I was like, wait a second, I could test. Do I even want to know? And then that person convinced me to do it. And then once I started, it was like, I felt like a lab technician. You <laughs> know what I'm fun. saying? I swabbed myself. <laughs> I came with the drips and the drops into the thing. And what's funny is they tell you to wait 10 minutes, and it was almost immediate. Really? Almost immediate, two thick lines. Nice. And they tell you, like, if it's a faint line, like, you know, you may not be transmitting the disease. Oh, you were transmitting. <laughs> transmitting to me. I was transmitting like wildfire. It was crazy. But be honest. After you did you did the self-COVID test, you wanted to see those two lines. Um, I guess. No, I wanted to make sure that it worked. Like, I had to read the instructions. What do the two lines mean? Right? That's first. <laughs> and you didn't Cause, know? Because they appeared right away. I, like, I didn't know. Maybe it's one line. Maybe only one line. Maybe two lines, you're clean. I just maybe, don't know. Maybe two dark lines means you definitely don't have COVID. <laughs> right. So, it turned out I was kind of proud once I had it. Like, I was very proud of those two thick lines. Kind of stayed home the rest of the week. Um, and you know what? One or two bouts of fatigue, really short, and it was over. So what you're saying is there was absolutely no reason for you to stay home from shul. You just used it as an excuse. No, I had to. I don't want to <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want shul to become a super spreader event. Right, right. Okay. I, yeah, I hear that. I, and I and I would have appreciated you not spreading it to me. But Baruch Hashem doesn't look like I picked up the COVID from you. Well, not yet. I don't know. Oh, if you, I, don't, I don't know if you're in the clear. I don't know. It's three days. There's new guidelines now. <laughs> how do you know? I don't know. Oh, you went on a deep dive once you had course. COVID. Of <laughs> course. Of course. Like how serious is this? You milked it. Right. I was clickety clacketing on the keyboard. Honey, I, I can't help you. <laughs> Please, can I have some tea and also a foot massage? And, and breakfast in bed because, <laughs> you know. COVID. Yeah. And then when she gets COVID, you're like, oh, I gotta stop go. already. I got to go. I'm, I'm just not around today. Big meetings. <laughs> okay, let's. we have a bunch of shout outs this week. First, dedicated listener from Brooklyn, New York, David Towell gets a happy birthday. Yes, this is the second year running. Which kind of is going to, you know, one more and it's a chazaka. Like we're going to have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Also shout out to Benjamin Haber in Brooklyn, who I have on good authority is a very avid hockey fan, which is interesting because we had a bunch of hockey stories in the news this week that uh, I normally wouldn't talk about. But once I saw the shout out, I said, you know what? We could mention these hockey stories. And we're back into sports. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just continue having a sports segment. You know, we have been getting a lot of feedback about sports. People saying they want us to continue the sports. I'm pretty sure they're making fun of us. Yeah, though. no, I was going to say I'm 100% sure they're making fun <laughs> yeah. of us. They're not laughing with us. They're laughing at us. <laughs> yes. But okay, so maybe, you know what, I'll bring it up. And maybe you guys and any of our listeners can, can explain to us what we're seeing here. 
So there's a video here. Obviously, we're going to include it in the WhatsApp. Uh, it's a fight that breaks out in the middle of a game between the Rangers and the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Now, okay, it's it's a fight. Now, I'm obviously not a, a hockey watcher. I don't know much about the game. I know that Canadians love it because I think that's all they have there because it's so cold. But if you watch this video, I want you to take a look at it. Watch this video and you see what's going on here. And what you see in this video is like these two guys, two of the players having a fist fight. And what boggled my mind is, is like the ref is just on the side, like as if he's refing a boxing match. So there's not one ref, but two. Yeah. What is happening here? What, I have no is idea. Is this legal? It's bizarre to me because I'm watching them fighting now, and and it's it's dirty. Like they're just yeah, like blows to the this face. It's like a street ball. Like close fisted blows to the face. Yes. Yes. This is serious, and it reminds me actually of like when we were in school, and like two kids would get into a fight. Like there was some people, like some of the some of the kids would try to break it up. Like hey, and then there were other kids. Pulling those guys away, saying, let them fight. Let them work out their differences. You know, because they wanted to see a fight. Right. That's what this is. Yeah, but but explain to me why this is legal in the game. I do not know. I'm, I'm not knowledgeable in uh, hockey. Certainly not in hockey. <laughs> but, but in most sports, I'm not even knowledgeable to tell you why this would be okay or allowed. Very strange. Okay, we, we obviously need to brush up on our hockey information because it seems like this is part of the game and if it is i will say this if this is allowed in hockey and that's part of the game maybe it might be time for us to become hockey fans <laughs> i could right? see i could do with this that's a lot more exciting yeah. than baseball uh, no let's be honest i can't even watch baseball no it's horrible but this i can get behind this yeah, but i don't we don't see that many fights like this maybe, is obviously newsworthy no maybe we're just not plugged into the sports world Possibly. and maybe this happens all the time Mm. So we will hopefully hear from you guys, from our listeners, and we'll get back to you on that. But also, and here's a story that you picked up. It's about the show in Germany. German TV has this show that they call American Ice Football, where it's basically a bunch of guys in an ice rink playing football and running on ice and slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah, I can't believe that there's no equipment. <laughs> right. It's just like, here's ice. Go ahead. Play. And I got to say... If football was played on ice, I could get behind that too, right? <laughs> you could you could watch this. Yeah, it's because, watchable. Because, it, because there's going to be major injury. That's yeah. what it is. It's like it's almost guaranteed that there will be, there will be broken bones and yes. blood. Yes, 100%. So it seems like you have an appetite for violence. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're noticing a pattern, are you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting that you're mentioning Germany because now I'm remembering as you're saying it, there is also a German game show where contestants have to try to split things in half. So I'm just really recalling from memory, like there was a contestant trying to split a pretzel with a knife. I think it was like a super pretzel, so it had some give. So he cuts it with a knife and then they put both sides on the scale and see did he get it directly in half that's such a yucky yeah game this show. is so charming <laughs> yes very yes this is what we where we excel yeah yeah the german people we love to be exact you know <laughs> and for the next challenge we will split this hebrew book oh no, right no, no. down the middle <laughs> too soon <laughs> <laughs> it's always too soon and before we continue, this episode was sponsored by thedreamraffle.com, and we actually had Shmuel Sackett on once again, who told us a really amazing story. Uh, give a listen. 
And we welcome back to Kiddush Club Shmuel Sackett of the Dream Raffle. Shmuel, how you been? Baruch Hashem, doing great. Looking forward to a great raffle, which is going to be held in less than a month. In less wow. than a month. Yeah, we're going to be giving somebody a million-dollar apartment in the heart of Yerushalayim. That's uh, less than a month away, man. Shmuel, what is the date of the drawing? It is Aleph Adar Bet. It is the Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet, which is Monday, March 11th. We're going to be drawing the raffle live, and we're going to have it on live stream. Duvi Shapiro is our guest performer, singing such hits as This Is My Home, because it could be someone's home. This person could be in as soon as Purim. Like, they can have Purim in Yerushalayim. They certainly can. Uh, wow. You know, I'm, we picked the winner, and I have the, the keys. I mean, there's some taxes that have to be paid, but <laughs> once that's done, <laughs> right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to give you the keys. Go go ahead and take it. It's yours. But I want to tell you something. You guys have, have made life a lot easier for one very important person in my life, and that is my son. And I'll tell you, my son was in the Army for over four months, in the war effort for over four months. And he used to drive home when he got the uh, here and there, he would uh, be able to drive home. It was an hour and 15 minutes away from home. And he told me what kept him awake on the road, what kept him enjoying, he would listen. And I am not kidding you, is he would listen to the Kiddish Club podcast. I wow. Wow. We're I'm out here you. saving lives. We're out You're here saving, saving lives. lives. You're keeping soldiers happy. That's amazing. So look at that, man. You're doing some <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so I'm saying no, but I'm serious. I'm serious about that. He loves it. He says he, he always tells, ah, but do you hear these guys? These guys are funny. They keep me awake. And so I'm just letting you know, two thumbs up. That's up. great. That's really great. It. Thank you. And, and what's True his name? Story. Let's 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 get a shout out. Gabby Sackett. And uh yeah, same last name, interestingly, is mine. But uh yeah, Gabi Sackett Baruch Hashem, and uh, he just came back to work after four months and uh happy that he's safe and, and, and hoping for the safe return of all the Chayalim and all the hostages. Absolutely. Gabby, we appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener. And for everybody out there, like, this is your chance. This is your chance to get this dream apartment in Yerushalayim, heart of Jerusalem. You can ha- you can be in there by Purim. Don't, don't waste the opportunity. And you know what? Even better than Purim. You can be in there before Pesach and keep one Seder. Ah. <laughs> one Seder. You know what ah. appeals to me even more? Not having to clean said apartment for Pesach. That's right. Right, That's right. 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 So- but one second, you forgot the best part. If they have to put in, they don't have to, but they should put in the coupon code KC, as in after me, club. club, okay? And you'll save $10 off of the order. And also, you will receive one plus one, which means your order will be doubled. Buy one ticket, get two. Five tickets, get 10. 50 tickets get 100, and so on. I have my calculator here. I know. There it is. And it, all <laughs> orders are doubled, and you'll save $10, but you need that coupon code. KC Kiddush Club saves you $10. The, remember that word, the, thedreamraffle.com. 
Shmuel, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody, go quickly. Time is running out. This is your last chance. Do it now or you're going to miss out. The dreamraffle.com. You heard it from Shmuel. The coupon code is KC. You're going to get double your tickets. What are you waiting for? Go right now. We'll have a kiddish together. Amen. Thanks, guys. Great work for everything you do. All the best. Always interesting to talk to Shmuel. Absolutely. And love the story about his son. (laughs) Great story. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump into the news, shall we? Yes, please. So big news coming out of New York. A $1 billion donation to the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which was formerly part of Yeshiva University from Ruth Gottesman, whose husband was a protege of Warren Buffett. She's 93 years old, and she's been a professor there in the school for many, many years. And she's now given a billion-dollar donation, which is enabling them to make tuition free in perpetuity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, there's a lot to break down. Number one, what do you mean formerly of Yeshiva University? Like, how did we lose that? Because that was a billion dollars that we could have had. You, no. So, well, the, the real question is, why she wait till now? So, the, the problem is they lost it because, so it seems in 2015, they actually sold it to the Montefiore uh, Medical Group. And the reason is it had to do with finances and being able to afford keeping it going. So, like, she could have given this money then, and it would still be part of YU. Right. But this is, you know, you got to be looking back. It's like selling a stock too early. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A billion dollar donation. And now, wait, how are they not going to have enrollment go through the roof if it's free? Like, maybe I'll become a doctor now. Yeah, but you have to get accepted. It's like saying, how come Harvard's not going to have enrollment go through the roof? Because, well, Harvard be- costs $100,000 a year. That's why. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But there's thousands and thousands of people who want a spot, and they just don't accept you. You have to get accepted. There mm. isn't, a, you know, a merit-based acceptance process. Right. So even though it's free, doesn't mean come one, come all. No, there's in other... In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah, there's other universities here in New York even that are that are free, like uh, the Cooper Union, which is also an Ivy League school, which is also free. I believe it's still free, although maybe now they started charging. What happens is they have endowments, these, these universities, and the endowment, the interest on the endowments pays for the tuition. That's insane. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling stuff. So, Shiva University... Could have had it, but... Well, you know what? At 93, you know you're not going to need another $1 billion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she waited yeah. because ma- she's like, maybe I'll need it. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like flashing phobia that we talk about. Right. Right. You, you never know when's the right time to eat the flashing exactly. because you're like, mm, okay, it's 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 1 a.m. Yeah, I could have the flashing now. Right. That's Probably me, by the way. Dairy. And yeah. that's why I would not make any $1 billion donations until <laughs> I'm like 97. Right. You know? Right. Valid. Also in New York, three, over 3,000 Jewish teens came together in Times Square for a quote-unquote Jewish pride and solidarity get-together. I saw that. Yeah. I gonna... wasn't able to make it. Like, how come I never know about Whoa. these things What do you mean you advance? weren't able to make it? First of all, you're not a teen. That's A. Second of all, you would actually go to that? Why would you? Because to see thousands of Jewish teens in Times Square singing and, and, and having solidarity... That gives that, you the chills. That also gives me anxiety like crazy because that's a huge <laughs> right. target. Huge target. Yes, I wouldn't call you. I would. Yeah, I, I have other I friends. I wouldn't come with you. I do uh, have other friends. I think you're nuts. I would n- absolutely never go. The problem is I never find out about it till it happened. There's a reason like, for Like, keep me in the loop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if this cool thing's happening, I need to know. Especially in New York, yeah. Well, there is a video. Uh, we'll include it in the WhatsApp, so you can uh, you can almost feel like you were there. Yeah, and if you have an a- Apple Vision Pro, point. watch it on your Apple oh, Vision you'll Pro. Oh, you live it, like that's that's <laughs> virtual reality at its best. Yeah. So of course, there's a lot of solidarity, a lot of you know, 
Am Yisrael Chai, a lot of uh, Israel, you know, a lot of pro-Israel stuff. And uh, I mean, every day, I mean, Israel's all over the news, dominating the news every single day. Uh, this week, this past week has been no exception. Uh, as we know now, the Netanyahu administration is saying that the Rafa invasion will be delayed. And the reason is because they are moving further with uh, a hostage swap deal that's being discussed. Apparently, Hamas has started pulling back on some of their insane demands that we covered. It was like, yeah, Israel has to rebuild all of Gaza and make it look like Dubai. Like, it was insane things. Right, and then and we want, like, power, and we want insurance, yeah. and we want everything. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So the Rafa invasion is going to be delayed, uh, but also Israel had a drone that was downed in Lebanon. So Hezbollah downed an Israeli drone, and so in re- retaliation, Israel went over 62 miles into Lebanon on some bombing raids and uh, this is uh you know it's getting quite serious in the north it's scary and a lot scarier in the north because the north is a different ball game yeah it's a lot more serious when it comes to hezbollah and the capabilities that they have yeah well hezbollah's equipment their military equipment is not like the the rinky dink stuff that that hamas uses yeah they have katyusha yeah is that the right way to say it yeah i think katyusha yeah they have serious because think about it there's you know, to get the weapons into Gaza, they have to be smuggled. But to get them into Lebanon, you just bring them right in. Or so, they make them right there. Yeah. But those but, Katusha rockets, they, like, the ones that come from Gaza, you've seen some of them hit, sadly. And yes. they make a, a hole in, right. in, in an apartment building or right. in a home. And it's terrible. Yes. But it's, you know. I, Contained, I would, let's say. Right. That's a good word. Katusha rockets can take down an entire building. It's chilling. It's chilling. It's scary. And, uh. It doesn't come to that. No, but it needs to be addressed, right? You can't have your neighbor who hates you have this kind of capability. I agree. I agree. But I don't know what the solution is because it's scary. It's just really scary. Also report, not something you want to see, that before October 7th, Israel noticed that hundreds of terrorist phones had switched to Israeli sims. I did see this, and I, I didn't really understand it like properly. What, the Gaza sims don't work in Israel? I guess, or, yeah, I'm assuming that it must be something like that, right? I imagine the Israeli sims probably get better service. I'm sure they don't want to be running around, Ahmed, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Ahmed, hello? Hello? Yeah, but, I mean, it's not a joke because this was a warning sign, a major warning sign that was, I mean, basically ignored. Of course, ex post facto is easy to say that, you know, it was a warning sign easy to be ignored, but... But I don't understand. Are they keeping tabs on how many sim cards are in use apparently yes i mean it's i don't know that they're keeping tabs on how many sim cards but they're definitely keeping tabs on known terrorists right on communications yeah so i guess when all their sim cards went dark right Right. their their gaza sim cards when that went dark they should have been like hello right and and according to the report you know people were alerted and they did nothing and this is just one of many reports of people saying that there were major warning signs that were ignored. I think after this war, there's going to be, you know... I think also everybody realizes that nobody could have imagined October 7th. Right. It was It's it's legit unimaginable. Yeah, it's like 9-11. Like, exactly. Right. Nobody could have seen this coming. Right. That's why I said it's ex post facto. Yeah. Right. Before 9-11, nobody could have imagined such a thing could have occurred. But also in related news, October 7th and Gaza news... Photojournalist for the New York Times, Youssef Massoud, won the George Polk Award for photojournalism. George Polk. 
<laughs> the George Polk Award for photojournalism goes to Yusuf Masood. And the interesting thing about it is not that he works for the New York Times, is that Israel announced that he has well-known ties to Hamas and knew about October 7th and about the invasion before it happened. And the New York Times was like, you, be you better take that back. It's absolutely not true. He didn't even start reporting until 90, 90 minutes after the attack happened. And like, we all know that 90 minutes after it started, the IDF still didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. But this guy knew. Right, he knew. But he's totally innocent. No inside info. <laughs> None at all. Uh, he's just a you know, good photojournalist. Yeah, just, you know, right place, right time, I guess. Yes, exactly. It's, it's really ridiculous. And in American news, the FBI and police in Indiana arrested a reporter for the Arab American News, which is the largest Arab American newspaper in the U.S. So this is a journalist for the Arab American News, and he was arrested after admitting that he had sent messages where he threatened that he's going to shoot every pro-Israel government official, in which he admitted that he had been threatening Jews and threatening government officials, and anyone who was expressing any support for Israel, this guy was threatening them. But I never heard of the Arab American News. Oh, I read it every Shabbos. It's my Shabbos <laughs> go-to paper. No, of course you didn't hear of it. I mean, no, we've never heard of it. Of course, no. We didn't but like it. Al Jazeera, I've heard of. Like that sounds like a like that's well known. Yeah, because it's made by the government of Qatar. It's huge. This is an American newspaper. It's like saying it's like an Arab person in America saying, "I never, I never heard of the Yeshiva World News." Of course, you never heard of Yeshiva World News. Right. So it's in their their in their insular community, if you will. Yeah. But you know what? There are also Arab Americans that are level-headed, that are reasonable. Like not every person is extremist in the Muslim community. Yeah, but I think <laughs> no. I think most of the no. readership is not too fond of Israel. You're saying the Arab American Times, yeah? I mean, I'm or on, whatever news. Yeah, I'm on their website right now. It not doesn't look too good for uh, for Israel on there, as could be expected. Exactly, exactly what you think it says is actually what it says. Right, what you would imagine it, exactly. says, it says. But like, there are people. It's not like, blatant. Let's say it's not blatant, but it's clearly very anti-Israel. But you know that guy, the Imam, the Imam of Peace, he calls yes. himself. Yes, yeah, sure. Like he's a good dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, absolutely. But he's not reading the Arab American News either. <laughs> no, They're not no. catering to him, you know? So, yeah. It just goes to show you how much media controls the minds of people. Absolutely. And also in uh, shocking anti-Semitism and anti-Israel news in America. Wait, there's nothing that can shock me anymore. Is it shocking? Is it really shocking? It is a little shocking. Go for it. A, a, an active Air Force pilot who set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. to protest what's going on in Israel. I didn't know you were going to go there. Yeah. That is shocking. Shocking, and he died. Well, he showed us, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, really, what is the point of this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's a little bizarre. It is bizarre, but I think the concept is, is that it brings attention. It brings major attention. Because if a person's saying, I'm willing to give up my life for this, everybody needs to get up and take notice. And think about it. That is what happened. Every single newspaper covers it and says, he's protesting the genocide of Palestinians that's going on in Israel. Yeah, well, it reminds me of uh, that very famous photo of the burning monk. Which burning monk? So there's a famous photo of a, a monk who set himself on fire. I think it was in the 60s. Uh, to raise awareness for something, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so he did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was in Saigon, 
And you know, I once I saw the the photo, I said I, I scoured the internet to actually find the video, which His I probably video, yeah, which I probably shouldn't have done. Yeah, I should not do it. But but nonetheless, he sits there in perfect position. He doesn't move. He doesn't move until he just falls over because he already died. Now this also blew my mind because how was he not moving? And then I started to like read up on how monks certain monks have this practice where they won't feel pain they can actually tune out the pain sensation through meditative you know exercises you're scaring me <laughs> your eyes are wild right now because it's isn't it amazing it is amazing it's crazy and but you also see it it's one thing to hear the theory right and there's one thing to watch somebody set himself on fire and not move a muscle he didn't twitch Wow. I found that amazing. That's pretty amazing. That's a serious rabbit hole you went down. <laughs> <laughs> this serious happens to me. You scare me sometimes. You do. It happens to me every so often. Okay. Also in anti-Semitism news, there's a famous woman. I'm not even going to mention her name because I don't want people Googling and giving her any clicks. Anyway, she's appearing. She appears. She's British and she's always on British news. And... Uh, She's constantly bashing Israel. I never realized that she actually converted to Islam. She was an actress and she converted to Islam. She has a PhD. She converted in like 2004. And all she does now is make the rounds on the news shows and bash Israel like crazy. You know, my mind is doing Google searches right now. Like, who is he talking about? <laughs> well, I'm going to play a clip for you. Okay. And, uh, and here's the funny thing. So, like, you know, she's constantly, of course, many Jewish groups call her an anti-Semite. And she, like everybody else, says, no, no, I'm not an anti-Semite. I just don't like Israel. Yeah, and it's no coincidence that her initials are SS. <laughs> which they aren't. But like, you know, and the, the famous anti-Semite, you know, fallback, which is, no, some of my best friends are Jewish, whatever. She definitely cannot use that excuse. She cannot say some of my best friends are Jewish. I'm going to play the clip and then you'll see why. Well, I have to start by saying the chutzpah of Nancy Pelosi coming on TV and saying, the children, the children. Sure, just the Ukrainian ones? We just forget about the 13,000 ones in Gaza, presumably, please. I think, look, Navalny is a figure. He will long outlive the short but meaningful life that he had as a figure of the opposition, as a symbol of resistance to autocratic regimes, to author authoritarianism, which is creeping around the world, right? We are seeing the emergence of these strongmen regimes, not just in Russia, but now increasingly in the US. And also here in the UK, we're seeing a serious erosion of civil liberties, of people's abilities to protest. And I think that really, if there's a, a lesson to take from Navalny's death, it really is that we have to reinforce the framework of international law, which is the only framework which internationally guarantees something we can each hold each other accountable to. Without that framework, we literally have what's just happened. You don't like who's in opposition, they just disappear. It's a dangerous example to set, but it's also important that our riposte is one that highlights what we think should be the framework and not the opposite, which is the erosion of the very framework that we should be holding people to, including ourselves. That's unforgivable. <laughs> Saying the word schutzpah. Yeah. Finished. I clicked off already. I didn't, I'm not even watching that video. It's really unforgivable. There's absolutely. It's been in the English lexicon for decades. No, at it's this in point. the dictionary. Yes, absolutely. And Schutzpah. I, I was thinking like maybe it's a British thing, and maybe maybe she knows, but that's how they pronounce it. Like you know how British people they don't say schedule, they say schedule. Schedule organization. Right. So so 
the ch is like a sh so maybe that but no come on if you have any jewish friends listen any of our listeners in great britain do you guys say chutzpah i i no 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 i will answer you <laughs> they do not nobody you're no sure. jew you're on planet earth says chutzpah okay so you're confident <laughs> okay yeah so she's our anti-semite of the week but moving to the united states the presidential campaign is heating up it sure is. So before we get to Trump and his win in the in the recent primary, we're going to begin with our President Joe Biden. Commander-in-Chief. Our Commander-in-Chief. So the New York Times reported, and this was uh, tweeted out by RNC Research, that the Secret Service is now putting an agent positioned at the bottom of the stairs whenever he goes into Air Force One to make sure that he doesn't trip. Oopsie. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Like like Meaning, you would for a baby. Yes. Yeah, and we covered this many, many times. So we also covered how he doesn't go up the regular steps into Air Force One anymore. He goes onto the short steps that go into like the cockpit because they know that he's going to trip. Now, even with all of that, this past week, here's a video of Joe Biden going into Air Force One. Take a look. So to be fair, I wouldn't call those trips. Those are hiccups. Those are two hiccups. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Do you ever hiccup like that when you go upstairs? No, but I'm also not 87. How old is he? <laughs> okay. Don't you think it's a little bit of a problem that he can't walk upstairs normally? Look, I mean, I think we've beaten this dead horse. We have. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, but also in Joe Biden news, he received endorsement from an unlikely source, and that would be President Vladimir Putin. Really? What a surprise. Yes. Uh, here's the video. Uh, we'll include it in the WhatsApp. So he's being interviewed by a reporter. Biden or Trump? Biden. And the reporter says, who is better for us, Biden or Trump? And he says Biden right away. He is more experienced, more predictable. He is an old school politician. But we will work with any U.S. leader who the American people have confidence in. So if I'm being honest, I always felt like Putin is a Trump fan. Right, but how do you explain that? I don't have an explanation unless he just is enjoying this time of peace for Russia, meaning he can do whatever he wants. It's not just that. As we've covered many times, Trump is a wild card. You never know what he's going to do. He tries to nuke hurricanes. You know, Putin, He supposedly he threatened Putin, I believe at the time where Putin was discussing going into Ukraine, Trump claims that he threatened Putin that if he did anything, he was going to have missiles raining down on Moscow. Trump has said that. Yeah, well, he. I think Putin knows that Trump is going to hold his feet to the fire. Exactly. But as a person, I think Putin admires Trump. Yeah, for sure. And that's also probably why he doesn't want him to be president, because he, he doesn't fear Biden whatsoever. No fear. But um, also speaking about Putin and Russia, we didn't get a chance to cover it. But, you know, there was the intelligence that came out that Russia is trying to put a nuke in space so that they could detonate a nuclear warhead in space. Which is mind-boggling. Yeah, it would be a major electromagnetic pulse. Very, very bad. It could really destroy the economy. And No, well, well, to be clear, right, what it would do is knock out all the satellites right. that are orbiting this planet. And we don't realize how much we rely on them. Everything from phones to internet to, I mean, everything. Traffic lights, the military, it, it, it's never ending. Do all traffic lights? Maybe not I, traffic lights. I don't lights, think but. <laughs> that those are going to space and coming well, back. No, well, it depends where it would be detonated. It depends if it would, would be an electromagnetic pulse that also knocks out electrical equipment. But it reminded me that if you remember when Trump announced Space Force, 
he was made fun of endlessly in the news. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember. Because they had also these like ridiculous outfits. Okay, but you realize now that he wasn't wrong. Space, he said that that is the next... Frontier. Exactly, for war. And now we see that that's actually true. So I thought that was interesting. Also, this is being talked about. I don't know if this is true. It's coming from some website called the Intel Drop, but everybody's covering it. So Russia has arrested somebody, and there's actually video of this guy. I mean, it's all in Russian, uh, of a guy that supposedly was hired to assassinate Tucker Carlson when he was in Russia, a guy who was a hitman who was supposedly hired by someone in Ukraine. And I saw this story, and like he also accepted a payment of like $4,000. <laughs> yes, $4,000. Like, if you're going to take this big <laughs> ticket hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, well, in his defense, $4,000 is a lot of money in Russia. He has many, many rubles. <laughs> exactly. It's but, a lot. But, you, but like, come on. You know? Hold out for more. Exactly. For somebody like Tucker, you can easily get a million dollars. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. For so sure. he took 4000 Right. Unless they aimed at a low-budget guy. Right, who well, didn't even know? Yeah, he doesn't even know who Tucker Carlson is. Well, he claims that he didn't know. They yeah. didn't tell him who. Who am I doing? <laughs> who am I killing? And they probably just said, "Yeah, stupid American. You don't know him. Don't worry. How much you want? I don't know. Four thousand. Okay, done. Wait, so easy? Maybe eight thousand? No, no. Deal is deal. You already said we agree. Yeah, and that now." He, he apparently found out it was Tucker, and he's been interrogated. And I believe wholeheartedly this is all fake. This is Russia, Russian misinformation. But why? Why? Because it because he this is Russia saying that Ukraine was going to kill an American citizen, a very prominent American. Oh, so it was Ukrainian. Yes. Uh. Russia is saying that he was hired by Ukraine. But like... Oh, th then it's definitely fake. Fake. Definitely fake. fake. But why wouldn't Russia say that Ukraine hired him for a million dollars? If you're lying anyway, it's almost like they have a Migo, you know? Right. Like, like why would I lie? Right. Like, for 4000 You cannot make this up. $4,000. Doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't make sense at all. Okay, let's move on. We, as promised, we have to get back to Trump. So Trump won South Carolina. That's Nikki Haley's home state. That's disappointing for her. Yeah. But she's gung-ho. Like, she's not letting... <laughs> she's in, on some other planet. She's I don't know. She's not letting up. No, you know what it is? Well, first of all, he, he won South Carolina 60% of the vote. She got 40%. And I, what I think is she's just assuming that if any for any reason Trump has to bow out, maybe one of these cases, one of these charges, one of these court cases, right. if any she's of those, in the wings. Right. If any of those stick, then she's, she's got it made. Yeah, because she knows she's not going to be picked for VP, right? Trump made that abundantly clear. So her only hope now is that something happens and he can't run, and then she's right there, ready to go. Yeah, well, speaking of Trump, he's uh, appealing that $454 million. I don't know how it keeps going up. <laughs> no, we mentioned this. It was $350 million, but the interest... Plus the fines, plus the court, plus whatever. It Another hundred million. Hundred million, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so bizarre. And he had to put up some sort of major bond, uh, you know, major cash. Well, that's why he started selling the sneakers, as <laughs> right. we mentioned. Right, right. But Trump, for his part, he's campaigning. He seems totally unfazed. Like you see him at these campaigns, like nothing. How is he? You just got a. A verdict against you for $454 million, like nothing. Yeah, I don't know how he just continues on the campaign trail. Like, I can't continue if I get a parking ticket. Right. You know what I'm saying? My day's ruined. Exactly. And this man is just getting indictment after indictment after a $100 million fine. And he's just, like you said, he's unfazed. 
and in fact, he was all over the news. He got in. He got himself into a bit of trouble uh, with some of the things he said. Uh, let me play you. Here's one of them. Pastor Mark Burns. Mark, where are you? Where's Mark? He's he's a great guy. Good. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But uh, I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones. You see, that's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long. That's a long way, isn't it? We've all seen them. And you know who embraced it more than anybody? A black population. It's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts and they sell them for $19 a piece. It's pretty amazing. I like that he is who he is. He's not <laughs> okay. saying he's not saying anything bad, right? It's not bad. It's just a little too it's blatant. Color. Yeah. It's he, a listen. little too open. No, and he's also saying that he got like street cred now among blacks because he has a mugshot. That's and basically what he's saying. So what? So why would black people care more about a mugshot? And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you know the gangster community is just. But he's impressed. But he's saying that all black people are like this. He's generalizing the entire race of people that way. Not a not a great look. Maybe. Well, he also said the following. And they're flying, and so. What I did is I went up and I said, uh, I want to see the captain. I want to fly in with him because I love doing that. I love this great equipment. Although the plane's 32 years old, I ordered new ones and I saved $1.7 billion from what Obama was willing to pay after today. Black president, but I got $1.7 billion less. Would you rather have the black president or the white president who got $1.7 billion off the price? I think they want the white guy right now. Got 1.7 billion off the price. I said, no, no, no. I said, before we continue, it's worth mentioning that he said these comments speaking at the Black Conservative Federation to a black audience. Well, that's who he's pandering to, clearly. But <laughs> he was just saying that's they appreciated it. Like they're all cheering, right? Yeah. And they appreciated his candor. He's just being open. <laughs> like, uh, uh, granted, $1.6 billion is absolutely nothing when it comes to a trillion-dollar budget, but they don't know that. Save me $1.6 I like you. So you see nothing wrong with this. Nothing I, racist in this. It's not. It's just who he is. Yes. He's yeah, just yeah. being true to who he yeah, is. Yeah, and I think, I, I think you're right, and I think people understand that, you know, he does have a touch of this. It's not exactly racism, but it's definitely something. I feel like it's just race conscious, <laughs> right? That's what <laughs> it's it is. Hard. It's hard. It, it is what it is, though. It's not me. One thing, I'm colorblind, bro. Listen, one thing about him is you don't have to wonder what he thinks. Whatever goes on in that brain is going to come <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. You never have to guess. Right. You never have right, to guess right, with right. them. Toichai Exactly. Exactly. Unlike most politicians. Okay, let's move on, shall we? Sounds like a plan. Okay, so as you know, we have very often talk about mass transit, very often talk about airplanes yes. and air travel. Yes. But we've gotten into the habit of talking about trains lately, as you know. Yes. What do you got? So here's something crazy. So this is a story from 2021, but there's new video that was just released. We're going to include it in the WhatsApp. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm going to show it to you here. There's no reason to play for the audience because there's not much to hear. And what happened was in 2021, there was a train that hit an Amazon truck and it actually sliced the truck in half. Take a look at the video. That is the craziest video I have ever seen. <laughs> right? Well, first of all, I loved his getup. <laughs> 
right? He's got like this purple coat and, and a matching purple hat. Well, it's the Amazon uniform. See, it says Amazon on it. No, but the hat has got to be his own. No, never Amazon, saw that. Amazon. It all says Amazon. It's all branded. And then just like that, it, his truck gets ripped in half. Yeah, and it, it looks like it it stopped inches away from him. No, like he's even like looking and just shaking his head, like he yeah. cannot believe what's happening. He keeps it pretty cool. You got to give him credit, and and credit to the uh, dash cam that like worked right through this whole thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but he said that he didn't. There was no warning. He didn't hear anything. He didn't hear the train. He didn't, there was no sign that the train was coming. Could you imagine? He's just going over the rails and this train cuts his truck into two. It's you know, insane. You're always supposed to stop before a railroad cross, crossing and look both ways. Like yeah, just to make sure. I know people. Do you most do that? People, I happen to, yes, do that. I really? guess in the recesses of my mind, there is some phobia that maybe a train is coming. Um, but yeah, you slow down, you just look. Sometimes you can't see this brush, but you know, you try to look and see if there is a train about to smack your car. Right. And I guess that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. But one thing is for sure, the more we start covering these stories, the more you realize trains are not as safe as people think. No. It's not just planes, it's trains too. And in fact, there was a story coming out of India this week. An investigation is underway after a freight train traveled more than 43 miles in India without any drivers on board. Wait, what? Yeah. Is it a passenger train? It's a freight train, So, but there were people as well. I mean, there's some people who are you know, running the train. And can you imagine how dangerous it is that you have this giant freight train going 43 miles with nobody behind the wheel? So nobody was in like the cab. Right. Like the, the cockpit, as you call it. Right. For 43 miles. I, but I think it has like a pretty decent autopilot I don't situation. Know. I don't think so. But like you in can't fact, go way, anywhere. No, the way they stopped it was they had to put wood. They put blocks of wood to keep slowing it down until they were able to get it to stop. Wait, what happened to the people on board? No, there's no people. It's a freight train. Well, okay. whatever humans were on the train, everybody's fine. They were able to successfully stop it. But it's not like it has autopilot or remote control. They had to put wood on the tracks to slow it down. Well, why couldn't they get into the cab? Because it's moving. It's it's it's. So nobody was on board? Right. But where'd they go? So like they, You don't start this journey empty. <laughs> like, how did they get off the train? There are no stops. It, it seems that, no, it actually seems that at one of the stops, Maybe there was going to be a changing of the guard, different people going off duty, coming on duty. And somehow, we don't know exactly. That's why there's an investigation. I mean, I know what's going to happen at the end of this investigation. I can imagine them all getting in a room and just, I thought Raja was going to be on it. And then he comes back and says, I told you I was getting biryani chicken. I told you. I told, don't tell me that. Yeah. So trains. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. But not to be outdone, there is airplane news. And I actually, this was a very interesting story. So a guy flew on Air Canada, okay? And he had a brand new phone. It was an Android phone. And he installed an app, okay? What does this app do? If somebody tries to put in the wrong pin to open up the phone, it takes a picture and emails the picture to an email address. Fair. I love Isn't that, that great? security measure. Yes. Isn't that great? Yeah. Look who's trying to break into your phone. Exactly. So now this guy took this flight, this Air Canada flight. He was returning to Canada from Putacana, Dominican Republic. I guess he went on vacation. And he couldn't find his phone. And he's going crazy, going out of his mind. After a while, he sees an email from the alert system showing him a picture of an Air Canada employee trying to open his phone. So he calls Air Canada and says, you know, I lost my phone. And they say, well, we don't know where your phone is. We, we have nothing. And he tells them, no, I have a picture of one of your employees trying to open my phone. 
bottom line, they go back and forth. He still doesn't have his phone. Air Canada says, we don't know where it is. And he's out of phone. Where's the guy? Don't they have a picture of the employee? They do. And he actually, there's lawyers that are weighing in and saying that Air Canada really should be on the hook here. Because it's, you know, you of see their on employee. The hook. Of course, it's a picture of their employee trying, trying to, open. to open the phone. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I feel like this employee thinks he kind of won the lottery and just not going to show back up to work because he got a free phone. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. doesn't make sense. But also, he could wiggle right out of it. I was trying to find out whose phone it was. <laughs> right. It's true. Yeah, I'm saying. And like, between you and me, probably was. This is Canada we're talking about. He wasn't stealing. <laughs> right. Oh, I'd never steal. <laughs> oh, no. And speaking about Punta Cana, okay, so a couple, a British couple at Punta Cana Airport, it's funny, two stories from Punta Cana, they got stopped, their seven-year-old got stopped because they were accused of smuggling cocaine. And now they are shocked. And, you know, obviously their seven-year-old is not smuggling drugs. It turned out it was a white powder, but it was a, a product called Damperid. You ever see it? Never. It's it's like a, it's a powder that absorbs moisture. So like a person- So like wool powder? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's no, ba- baby in other words, powder. It absorbs moisture from the air. Mm. So you would put it, let's say, in a suitcase so that it doesn't get, you know, if it absorbs the moisture from a suitcase so it doesn't smell. So like baking powder. Yeah, exactly. Or baking soda? No, baking powder. What is the one that you keep in the fridge? Baking soda. So baking soda. That's, yeah. That absorbs odors. Yeah. So, so next thing you know, this family is being held and detained. And it was, you know, they actually use one of these, you ever see the wipes? I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it in the airport. Where they, you know, swipe your bag or yeah, whatever. They put it at the end of a stick. Right. And then they wipe around. But that's looking for explosives. No, it's also looking for drugs. And the crazy thing is that they say this wipe actually changed colors, signifying the presence of cocaine. But it wasn't. It was this product had nothing to do with drugs. Where were they going back into? Oh, actually, it's it, they were going to Canada. Maybe it's the same people. <laughs> <laughs> but but if it tested positive, what are the odds that it's a false positive? Maybe this couple was giving it to their child, so it would be beyond suspicion. No, well, they tested it afterwards, and they saw that it was nothing. Just powder. Exactly. Senor, this is cocaine. <laughs> I mean, we know what we are saying. <laughs> yes? It comes from there, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. We have a great industry here. <laughs> Don't tell me this is no cocaine. <laughs> but it wasn't in the end. Right. So, I mean, you know, thank goodness for them. At yeah. least they were yeah. able to enjoy their vacation yeah. after a little bit of a delay. Yes, yes. In uh, the last story of the day, an unidentified Florida man said he was feeling off. This is from the New York Post, by the way. He said he was feeling off since October. And it wasn't until his face and lips swelled on fe- February 9th that he decided to go to the hospital. He was getting constant nosebleeds. So he goes to the hospital and the doctor examines him, looks into his sinuses and says, I see movement. That's never good. That's (laughs) never good after four months. And I didn't even go to the Einstein Medical School. (laughs) The doctor ended up removing 150 live bugs from his sinuses. And those are not just bugs. Those look like maggots. Yeah, that's what they were. And but he had been living with them since October. And so he said, so he said about this, you know, after they asked him about it, he said, quote, I know that I have to change my lifestyle as far as I handle fish. What is he, snorting fish? (laughs) No, he said, before I I would rinse my hands in the river, now I'll use a cleaner to do a better job and not touch my nose or my hand. Now, let me just say something. If there was one live bug that was taken anywhere out of my body, I'm going to live in a bubble for the rest of my life. I think anybody would have the same attitude. 
I wouldn't say, well, yeah, when I go fishing next time, I'm not going to wash my hands in the river. <laughs> I would not Who eat says fish. that? But do they know where it came from? No. The, he's assuming that he had dirty hands from fishing, and he picked up some sort of parasite. He was handling fish with his hands, and then he must have touched his nose. It's worth noting that he had a, a sinus cavity because he had a cancerous tumor removed years before. So there was space in there, so the parasites got in. So that's, first of all, piece of good news number one but it's not really because, because he had 150 hit. of them the average person let's say would have only had what 20 30 that doesn't make me feel better right interesting you know it's funny better. because i just saw a study that said that people that have the habit of picking their nose sorry oh boy yeah l tend to live shorter lives yes you saw that i did see it uh and they also supposedly found a connection between people who pick their nose and alzheimer's Yes, maybe that's what I saw. Yes. But it's clearly because you have bacteria on your hands and you're putting them into your nose. Yeah, it's a direct line to the bloodstream. Exactly. So you have to be like really aware of... It. Well, if you're going to pick your nose, keep, keep your hands clean. Yeah, exactly. you got to sacrifice something. Right. right. <laughs> you can't have everything. Exactly. You heard? <laughs> you can't have everything, but you can have some things like a coffee. Oh. Yeah. And you can buy us a coffee. You can go right now, go to buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub, and you could buy us a coffee. And by buying us a coffee, you help offset some of the costs that are associated with producing this podcast. If you like the podcast, you want it to continue, we need your support. Go to our website, kiddishclubpodcast.com, or buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. And we thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to join the WhatsApp group. You can do that either from the show notes or visit us at kiddishclubpodcast.com. Follow us on X, follow us on Instagram, and don't forget to support the cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. Show your support for the cast, and until next time, Kiddish Club out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.